This episode of the Disney Dish Podcast is sponsored by TouringPlans.com, where you can find trip planning tools and advice for Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and Universal Studios Orlando. Disney Dish listeners can subscribe with discount code DISH2013. That's DISH2013. To get 25% off a one-year subscription to TouringPlans.com. Check it out as soon as you're done listening. Thanks! All right, welcome back for another episode of the Unofficial Guide Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. It's Len Testa, and today Jim and I are in the world's greatest theme park, Epcot. And we're going to be talking about uh, uh, Future World, and more specifically, how it evolved uh, some, some of its concepts, starting with Communicore. But before we get started, let me welcome Jim. Jim, uh, how'd you sleep last night after our fantastic dinner at Monsieur Paul? Um, it, it was great. In fact, I was a little concerned when we were leaving the park, you were... What, were there actually still buses by the time? We, <laughs> so we we uh, so we we had an eight o'clock reservation for Monsieur Paul. We left about ten thirty. Mm. We were we were literally the last people in the park. There was no one behind oh, us. God, yeah. And uh, so they were pushing stuff around. I mean, it looked like a construction zone. Mm. But we get to the uh, we get to the uh, bus stop, mm. and there are uh, cast members with four uh, four cars. And they're they're debating which one of them is gonna, which one of them is going to drive us to the Animal Kingdom Lodge when a bus pulls up with no one in it, and, uh, and it was going to the Magic Kingdom. And they, they they talked the driver to driving us over to Animal Kingdom Lodge. We had our own bus. Wow! <laughs> oh great. man! It was great. No, because no, none of the none of the cast members wanted to drive us. <laughs> Living large with Lentesta. Wow! It was nice. Had our own bus back to the uh, to, to the lodge, and there was. You walk into the lodge, and yep. you know you can hear all of the effects. Mm-hmm. You can hear the background music. You can hear the streams burbling. Uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a completely different park after like nine o'clock. No, absolutely. And it's a completely different experience after nine p.m. So mm-hmm. anyway, so uh, so now we're here in uh, in uh, Future World. We're yep. sitting outside of Interventions, mm-hmm. which used to be Communicore. Communicore. And, but again, you know, in the great Disney tradition. I mean, going all the way back to Disneyland. You know, you build this giant park, and then it's like. Okay, what do we put in it? <laughs> and <laughs> we, we've cleared a hundred acres. What's going in it? Yeah, and, and that was the thing that that when Disney began walking around in the uh, the early nineteen seventies looking for sponsors for Repcot, it became very apparent that yeah, there were you know outfits like Coke and American Express and that sort of thing that were willing to pony up for a full blown you know a, a, an attraction, but mm-hmm. at the same time they wanted quid pro quos. They wanted we want to be able to really showcase our product. And sure. That's why, um, that's why in the American Adventure, Neil Armstrong, when he lands on the moon, has a flag in one hand and a Coke in another. There you go. One small sip for me, a medium sized <laughs> set for one, you. And that's, yeah. one, it's, it's actually one small sip. <laughs> they, NASA completely overdid that when they... Yeah, anyway, go ahead. Well, they, so again, getting back to Disneyland, back then when they, they built Main Street, and it was like, well, what's going to fill these storefronts? And so, you know, I mean, anybody who went to Disneyland in those first two or three years, it's like... Oh, honey, we've got to go to the Wizard of Bras attraction. where it's <laughs> See, Some Lacey Unmentionables, you know, or that's why we came to this theme park. Or, or, or the Wurlitzer Organ Showcase, where you, know, you go in and it's like, well, of course, that's what I want to take home to me tonight, and a giant organ. <laughs> uh, and, boy, I can't do that joke. Um, anyway, so it's it been much the same way getting Epcot open. The notion of you had all of this giant, giant space that you had to fill, and and at the same time, you had sponsors that wanted to come on, but weren't necessarily willing to pay for full, you know, for sure. full attraction. So, you know, you you had people who were willing to do, okay, I'll, I'll pick up a smart one, or I'll show up. The smart one being the robot. Yeah, the little yeah. robot. Uh, likewise, you know, I, at the same time, Exxon really wanted to nail home 
its idea of, you know, oil is good. So it's like... Fossil fuels, yes. You know, just come look at our drilling Solar platform. is very controversial. Yes, you know. <laughs> Not the least because we're funding groups that make it controversial. You know, but whatever. You know, that sun, you can't trust it. It burns you. Have you noticed? <laughs> so, so, so that's, you know, the first 10 years or so of Epcot. You, you have this space, but at the same time... Um, Epcot does have this issue of it became the park where it was like, okay, I'm going to the Magic Kingdom. I definitely go to the Magic Kingdom. And, well, I've kind of been to Epcot. Is there anything new? And uh, particularly in, in this part of the parks, people would blitz blitz right through because it's like, all right, I know this food over in the countries. Yeah. So, the, the, so the, the interesting thing about that is, like, when I, when I first came to Epcot, mm-hmm. it was probably... Well, we were there. The, we were there. The so it opened on in October of '82. Mm-hmm. We were there in early '84. Yep. Back when you know, the initial rush had mm-hmm. subsided, mm-hmm. and they were starting to see what we were, they were going to get in terms of repeat visitors. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I wrote about this in the uh, in the Color Companion. Mm-hmm. The, the, I was fascinated by it because by '84, I was I had my first Apple II. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I was programming. When you came into Communicore, I don't know if you remember, but there was a game where they had you. Translate base ten numbers like you know one two three four five six seven eight nine mm-hmm. ten into base two, mm-hmm. so the ones and the zeros that a com- uh, computer understands. Mm-hmm. I found that fascinating, and I was very good at it too because I already figured it out. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I think a lot of the concepts that they originally had, especially mm-hmm. in Future World, were a little high, not highbrow, but we've talked about this before. In the Magic Kingdom, when you're you're going through an attraction. Mm-hmm. It's like watching TV. No. The scene unfolds in front of you. Mm-hmm. Disney's telling you a story. Mm-hmm. And they're actually spelling out the entire story for mm-hmm. you. There are musical cues when you're supposed to feel happy. There are other musical cues when you're supposed to feel sad. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you, know, you can tell by the, 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 the way that the animation is done or the characters are done, which are the good guys and which are the bad guys. Absolutely. But when you come to Future World, mm-hmm. right, I mean, the, the iconic attraction is about the history of communication. Mm-hmm. That does not lend itself to an easy storyboarding, you know. No. Thing. And so it's it's more it's more conceptual. It's more about ideas. Absolutely, and, and, and I don't think they. It, it was very it was very advanced at the beginning, right? So there was you know remember the old uh, the old um, Communicore song. What was the one with the my uh, the uh, Studer computer? Oh god! It was a thing about it was a song about the potential that computers had. Who who, who writes that? Well, a bit, a, a but that work, was the idea, right? It was no, more, very mean, conceptual stuff. It, it it was it was, and and but the other thing is that the monkey that's always on the back of. Tomorrowland was tenfold here in Future World because the notion of the future is the future, and you yeah. know when you put steel and concrete in the ground from the moment you open, you know it's it's you know it's, that's it exactly. Yeah. So all right, we jump ahead from you know from from your visit in '84 to to '94, and you know they they begin to realize that they were watching the guest patterns and that that people were blowing through to do the attractions. Like the exterior of Communicore. The know, edges, yeah. But they weren't actually doing anything Communicore. And meanwhile, Michael Eisner, being Michael Eisner, you know, just goes out into the world like a magpie and picks up ideas. And he went to the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Yes, yeah. And it's like, oh, have you seen what this is? And he came back and basically told, it's like, look, the Communicore area, that's got to go. All right. You know, we, we should be doing a consumer electronics show that feel like that. Yeah. You know, with all of these, you know, that it's it's exciting, it's dramatic. Um, he also managed to understood that that we don't have anything dynamic in the very center of Communicore, and that's when 
Remember, there used to be the nice, placid fountain as opposed to the fountain that now explodes every 15 minutes with the show? It's, it's the uh, modern version of Old Faithful, yeah. Yes, you know, I mean, that was the thing. The notion of we are going to energize the center of this park. And so uh, Barry Berverman was tasked with going out and approaching individual sponsors, and he, he did it. He, found, he filled this space up. You know, and, and again, stepping away from... The Epcot notion of, you know, the original contract with the, the, the large sponsors, the people, the Exxons, the Fords, the, all that, it was all, you know, about a 10-year contract. And at the end of the 10 years, you'd agree to freshen up or change out your attraction. Right. In, in this case, he negotiated, so it was two- and three-year contracts. So it was like, look, we're going to make this really dynamic here. Yeah. You know, things are going to change out all the time. And, and they've got a number of them, too. There's probably, what, a dozen, maybe 15, fifteen. Uh, mm-hmm. well, maybe not 15, but maybe a dozen yeah. Uh, yeah. separate attractions mm-hmm. here. And, and you're right, some of them have been, been changing every couple of years, yeah. But at the same time, sometimes it, in, when you have the best of intentions, you know, you bring somebody in to do a brand new attraction, uh, take, for example, Habit Heroes. That and, recently reopened. Yeah. Yes, and, and but that's that that's kind of the issue, that the... The first time out, they they didn't even make it through soft opening on that thing. No, it was uh, it didn't last as long as uh, Stitch's Supersonic Celebration, which was like the the, uh, the 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 fastest closing attraction. I mean, it'd be like it'd be like have, uh, doing a one night run on Broadway. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing: that, that it wasn't even really guests that were complaining about it. It, it, it turns out, I mean, in fact, I actually got to sit down with the Corporate Alliances person mm-hmm. about six months ago, and got the story. It was one of these things where. It, it was literally the Disney didn't even know there was a, a society for for overweight acceptance. They, they it was completely off of their radar, and you know they began the testing of this attraction, and suddenly this press release went out from this organization about how Disney is making obese you know children feel bad on vacation. There's the uh, there's the problem, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Get down, Len. Yeah, so they started, they, I think the, the term they used was uh, fat shaming. Yes, yeah, yeah. and yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, but the the whole notion of it is that there was nothing that was said in this attraction that you know hasn't been in brochures since the forties. It's like yeah, look, I mean the government's telling you the same thing, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. But but the the idea that that you you went to a, you know your attraction and here was. You know, one of the villains was this giant, almost Marvel villain-esque, you know, grotesquely overweight person. That's what I found fascinating about it is you were supposed to zap him. You know, you (laughs) make the fat guy go away. (laughs) And then, you know, at one point in the attraction, you, you know, they had a... You know, and and, and later on the attraction, they had this moment where, you know, the technology could actually read your body movements... And you, you, you forced the fat guy to move. You know, it's like he was going to sweat on, you know. He was, it, sweating with the oldies. Sweating with the oldies. And this somehow became hugely offensive. And, or at least that was the story that was put out there. And Disney was just blindsided. Yeah, they were just there. They, they, weren't, they weren't ready for a, a press offensive, even by a small sort of group. Yeah, and, 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 but again, given the saddest part of it is, is given what's happened with traditional media these days, with the collapse of newspapers and research staffs and, and reporters actually working beats, it was that this made a couple of news sites, which other news sites grabbed, which picked then up. the yeah. major media picked up, and suddenly Disney found themselves in the middle of this PR firestorm that this itty-bitty group had started, and so they they pulled the plug. Yeah, I mean, like within, I mean, a week, ten days, right? Yep. I mean, and, yeah. and then the entire attraction went down for retooling, and now you've done 
this the new version of the I've done the new version. Okay. <laughs> the first villain they introduced, Jim? Yeah. Dehydration. Yes! <laughs> All right? There's, I mean, there's actually... They, they're, they're very clever about it. So the first one is dehydration. Mm-hmm. I think the second one is uh, carelessness. It's like... Because you can get hurt and, and mm-hmm. hurt, uh, getting hurt mm-hmm. when you're playing makes you sedentary. And the third one is sloth. Yes. <laughs> Laziness. You know, that, that it actually shows somebody who can't get up off the couch. You know, off like, the couch, yeah. It's I like really should... No, I'm going to sit here. Oh, the couch is so comfortable. Yeah. I could just sit here. Yeah, so... So now... As a, but again, and they're very careful. None of these are really personified. I mean, they're very... Abst- I mean, again, yeah, hydration... They, they, they definitely look like villains at this yeah. point. They're not... They don't look like people. No. And, and, and then to walk you through the four separate rooms where... And, and the irony is that yeah. a, a lot of the bones of the original version of the attraction, whether it's giving you the wristband or that sort of thing, yeah. um, were still carried over. I mean, obviously, again, there was a there was a warehouse full of wristbands. Yeah, they're, that, they're using them. Yeah, you know. So in the in the current version, you uh, you start off by and it, um, uh, each it's what there's about twenty people mm. and they're in like five rows of four. Yep. And uh, you're standing on a little circle by yourself, mm. and sensors note your movement. So they they ask you to do things like. Reach up and stretch, or move your, turn your arms out in uh, like a T shape and, mm-hmm. and twirl them, or jump up and down, or something. Mm-hmm. And sensors read your movement and project your uh, your energy level that you're expending onto a big screen in front of you. Mm-hmm. So that gets, that's sort of, sort of like the warm up phase. Yep. And then, uh, so the the idea is, so if I, the idea of the attraction is that you're going to be, a, you're a superhero in training, mm-hmm. and first you have to learn how to save yourself, and then a city. And then a no, sorry. It's a city, a country, and a world. There you so go. you're learning how to save a city, a country, and a world. So in the first one, you're doing these small movements, mm-hmm. and you're learning how to save a city by expending energy. You move into the second one, mm-hmm. and it's uh, the actually the little cannons from Buzz Lightyear from uh, sorry from Toy Story Mania. Yep, yep. Which are mounted on the wall, mm-hmm. and it's sort of like missile command. You you have to uh, you have to uh, point your lasers at like. These villains who are falling from the sky. That's right. Here comes hydration. Look out! Here comes heat stroke. <laughs> and you have to, you know, so you each get these little cards. Like mm. when I did it, I actually was hydration. Uh huh. So I had to fight dehydration mm. all over a country. Mm-hmm. And then in the third, uh, third building, which is a separate room. So, uh, mm. Sorry, not uh, a separate building. In a separate room, you have these RFID terminals. Mm. About uh, about ten of them, positioned uh, in an oval around the room. And again, it's just like missile command. The uh, these these villains are coming in, hydration, dehydration, sloth, and carelessness, and you have to uh, tap your this RFID card that they give you. But you have to race around. You have to race around. So here's the funny thing: the first time I did it, yep. right? Everyone's at a separate station. They're mm. all sort of at the edges of the. Uh, the, the room. Mm-hmm. As soon as the the game starts, mm-hmm. everyone runs runs towards the middle to to try and figure out where to go next. But everyone's looking up at the screen, so everyone runs into every. It's, oh, like, it's like an Abbott and Costello movie. Uh, it's, so I'm like, this is this is not, you know, this is not um, Habit Heroes. This is like Concussion Central. <laughs> the, fir- the first thing I said was, we're all gonna hit our heads. But then the, the absolute funniest thing happened. Yep. So the, the third game goes on for yep. about ninety seconds. Mm-hmm. After about a minute, yep. everyone everyone realizes, and I've done this a couple of times, everyone realizes 
that the way to win the game is to form a single line and just walk around in an oval oh. and tap and tap all of them in order. And if everyone walks fast enough, yeah. you can do it. Wow. Yeah. So it's it's a it's a it's you know if you can get past the concussion thing mm-hmm. and you still have your senses about you, that's how you play the game. But at the same time, with what I like about it, and it, it's not necessarily terribly you, subtle. You're actually moving. Yeah. You're actually moving. Yeah. And in fact, the tail end of the game where you're handed your wristband and a quest. You're, you're supposed yes. To... So talk about this. this yeah. is, I thought this was actually the best part of the. No, the the the, the, the idea that you are actually sending kid you know your kids or families out into the world to complete the, they actually walk to a far point of the park. Yep. Collect information, come back. Come back. You know, and so, so they give you a, a cutout. Mm-hmm. Uh, they give you a map of Epcot, mm-hmm. and one attraction's pavilion's shape mm-hmm. is cut out, and you have to find that pavilion. So, for example, if it's a if it's a big circle, it would be mm-hmm. test track. If it's you know sort of a, a triangle, it would be sorry, a pyramid. It would be imagination. Mm-hmm. You have to go there, mm-hmm. and that's step one. In step two, and all of these steps are listed on the card. Mm-hmm. And step two, they're going to show you a part of the pavilion, and you're looking for a key word mm-hmm. or a phrase. Like, like on mine, mm-hmm. they showed me the sign that said "Universe of Energy," mm-hmm. but there was a cutout mm-hmm. in the card where the word "energy" was missing. So I had to write down the word "energy" because I wouldn't be able to figure okay, it out. Okay, you got a universe of celery. What, what could, <laughs> what could <laughs> possibly of, you know, uh, seas? What living seas? What? So then you had to you had to go back to the terminal mm-hmm. and type in the word "energy" mm-hmm. and yep. get you know finish the game and get mm-hmm. your prize or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this I mean, think about this. There's probably a quarter of a mile or half a mile of walking yeah. involved in doing that. There's some activity involved. So you know, and, and yeah, they could have done the exact same thing. By the way, they're just handing you a little business card that said, "Hey, there are Doritos in Mexico." <laughs> <laughs> People would have run there. <laughs> I hear the American Adventure has hot dogs. <laughs> well, look at it. the takeaway. Supposedly, is that. One, le- you know, comes to a theme park and learns about movement. And again, it, 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 it's supreme it, irony of, particularly here at Epcot, it's like... Where, where it's the, one of the largest, you know, by by, uh, by space, yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's, it's a good mile and a quarter around uh, World Circus. I, I like the new attraction. I, I, you know, I never saw the old one. I've mm-hmm. seen YouTube videos, but mm-hmm. it, it's not badly done. No, no, no. And you, But at the same time, it's just, it's interesting to watch how hard they work this time around to make sure they would offend no one, and yet still get the, the, the health-driven message out there. Yeah. So they uh, and they, I think again I think they did a good job. It was it was sort of since we knew the story to see mm-hmm. hydration as the number one villain <laughs> was was like oh really well, I was I was trying to de- I was trying to think whether like is that too dumbed down <laughs> is it is it too you know could they, they they could have made the the sloth thing you know number three well, and they really don't they don't talk about obesity they just talk about how being sedentary no that's leads it exactly the, again it just is all right just just. What is the how to thread the needle here? Which which is the least offensive message, language yeah. to get across this message? And again, it's a message that's been out there since the forties, and, yeah. and and people need to hear it. But uh, but again, that it's that weird balancing act. They need to hear it in a theme park while they're on vacation, you know. Particularly after you know, you after you just spent the the night before at Monsieur Paul's, you know, eating, yeah, exactly. eating a billion calories. I, I would like the cream sauce, yes, there we or go. the uh, you know the all you can eat breakfast at. Uh, Cinderella's Castle. There you go. Yeah, there fine. you go. What about uh, what about the rest of the dimensions? Like I know they um, they took out uh, there are a couple of attractions that are that are some of them are mainstays. Like mm. uh, some of all Thrills aren't just going anywhere anytime mm. soon. But uh, like Great Piggy Bank Adventure. Yeah, um, but again that 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 is the curse of the two to three year contract. In order to keep this place actually dynamic, to order to stay on the edges of technology. Um, in fact, there have been. There was a conversation with Apple about coming in here, and it was like, can we do something of size? Um, really? 
Well, again, face it, you know, the, the, between Apple's association with Disney, I mean, Bob Iger's now on Apple's board. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, Apple's longtime, you know, well, I mean, Steve Jobs. Yeah, yeah. Connection with Apple, Steve Jobs connection with Pixar. Pixar. And it was just sort of like, we should look at doing something like that. But the, 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 the downside is that the Apple design aesthetic is so precise. You know, I mean, it's it, also it, so much more modern than what they have in. Well, that's the that it, is, it, would, it, would, it would if they put an Apple store in here, it would yeah. make everything look dated. That's that is part of the uh, problem, and so it, it doesn't look bad. I mean, this is mm. you know, I, I kind of get what they were going for, but mm. it is sort of a retro '70s sort of sort of vibe for modern. Yeah, and, and the irony is not. Uh, we're talking six, seven years ago now. If Project Gemini had gone forward, this would oh, be in, yeah. entirely different. I mean, they they were going for. You know, green, the, green spaces, right? Lots that's of, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the very lush. You know, in fact, you know, you would have had a uh, just outside of the uh, land building, you would literally had a roller coaster going through the rainforest. Um, but it, you it's know. still doable. I mean, I think I think that's actually the next makeover of, of future world. It's the integration of technology and mm. like environmental sciences. Absolutely, I think that would be that would be a good thing. But at the same time, this being Disney, it's like that's a wonderful idea. Who's going to pay for that? Exactly, it's a billion <laughs> dollars. Where are we getting? <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like. Finding somebody to do that. So, yeah, interesting. So, now one final note: today, when we're recording this, is the the day, the first day that the IBM Think exhibit opens. The you, official ex- opening. Yeah. You've managed to get into that. I did. They were doing uh, previews uh, about two weeks ago for it. It's very interesting. And it, it's uh, so there are a couple things on it. It's uh, it's very information dense. Mm-hmm. There are um, huge monitors um, set up, almost like. Uh, uh, they're, so they're almost kiosks, but mm. they're uh, they're rectangular, uh, large video screens, mm. and they're t- touch sensitive, so you can actually interact with them. Mm. Um, and you go through those, and uh, you learn about one particular piece of IBM technology, like for example, how they did tunneling microscopes back in the day, mm. or how they invented um, floppy disks, mm. or, you know, stuff like that. Um, but it, and it's it's uh, gauged to ten different areas mm-hmm. uh, that IBM works in. Everything from computing sciences to biomedical research to mm-hmm. transportation logistics, you know, and so on, home automation and things like that. Mm-hmm. So those parts are very informative, um, and you can actually play a game. And this is the, sort of the addictive part. Mm-hmm. You can uh, you can play a game. It's a very simple game uh, involving kinetics and bouncing balls and stuff. Um, where if you do the right thing, mm-hmm. you get. Uh, it, uh, Depending on the version of the game you play, there are ten different versions. Mm-hmm. You get one of ten different buttons mm-hmm. with a different take on the IBM logo. Again, relating to the ten different areas that IBM's in. So um, one is uh, uh, the IBM 100-year mm-hmm. exhibit uh, logo, mm-hmm. where the last circle is replaced with the moon, and it talks about how IBM worked on the Apollo missions. Mm-hmm. So what people do is essentially play all ten different versions of the game mm-hmm. to get all ten different buttons. That that part's pretty cool. Although mm-hmm. giving sharp objects to small children probably not. <sighs> My eye. Uh, you know, it, it's sort of uh, you know their 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 logo is think. Uh, <laughs> but I, don't run. Yeah, exactly. Don't, yeah, don't don't stick this in your eye, kid. The uh, the other thing though is a movie, yeah. and it's uh, you, so you go in this small theater, almost like the old um, um. Making of me, mm-hmm. like a really small sort of space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and the movie's projected, and for the life of me, you thought the, the you know in Norway mm-hmm. the travelogue film that sort of like vaguely makes sense mm-hmm. if you were drinking Norwegian beer. It's like that. It's like I I understand what you're going for here, but mm-hmm. this is like it was like designed by committee. Every possible idea you could have about how IBM impacts home life, mm-hmm. you know, with every possible 
demographic represent like you know you've got the the s- small blonde haired albino kid in a wheelchair you know with uh, oh, you, God. you know playing it's, it's every possible you know demographic is catered to in the movie mm-hmm. it kind of doesn't it, not only it doesn't make sense it's really sort of it's not pointless, but it really doesn't do anything. I've seen it once, and that's that's good. But but the other ex- part of the exhibit is great. It's really good. It's also very bright, very colorful, very interactive. Yeah, but we'd see, this is both the, the upside and the downside of the whole uh, interventions experience. When you bring somebody in, and and to, you know Disney will sit down and you know coordinate the entertainment portion of it, and it's like, well, the quid pro quo is that all right, we need to talk about our product, and and that's what the film is for. Yeah, and it just like enjoy your chocolate covered brand, kids. You know, <laughs> we're going to cram this down your throats, and uh, you know, they can they can actually redo the film, and I think that redoing the film is would be pretty straightforward mm-hmm. to talk more about what IBM does, mm-hmm. um, or, or even give concrete examples. You know, if they've got that, for example, they, they've got the ten different areas, mm-hmm. they can show ten different thirty second films instead mm-hmm. of one long five minute film, mm-hmm. right? And and the each of the thirty seconds could talk about a, a specific area mm-hmm. that IBM is doing, mm-hmm. right? And, and rather than sort of like this mishmash of, you know, we're high tech, we're mm-hmm. aerospace, we're biomedical, we're mm-hmm. agriculture, and no, by the way, we help families at home. It, it, it's too much and too short. Of it. I agree, but, but the rest, know, again, rest, rest of the uh, the attractions. But good. the irony is that that's a great idea, but you know, they, they, it's we've the, already shot the film. <laughs> well, and more to the point, it's the throughput people that would throw up the wall. It's like, look. You know, that, that, I mean, again, Disney keeps tracks of where everybody goes, how, you know, and the notion of how many people experience this, what, three minute long film? Three to five, yeah. Three it's, to five. It's, I was going to say interminable, but it's, it's yeah. not really, it's, it's no. a little bit short. Yeah. All right, but again, it's just somebody hammers the clicker and the 24 people went in and that's, you know. 23 three, came out, oddly. No, just well, kidding. <laughs> little cannibalism among 20, friends. 24 people came in, yeah, yeah, and it's every five minutes, yeah. yeah. No, they're, they're doing throughput. Yeah, and, and, and that's the thing, the notion of. <laughs> Yeah, but again, the three-minute message would be that much better. But it's getting them in, getting them out. You know. Yeah. Uh, so. Still, so it's. A, I mean, they have, they have some opportunity there. Again, get good, good version one of the uh, mm-hmm. of the attraction. So. So well, again, just keep in mind, folks. Again, this is interventions. It will keep changing, and good. if if the Apple thing goes forward, that gets real interesting. Uh, I know. You know. That again, the, from the corporate alliance people, they meet virtually every week with new people to come in here. It, whether or not they actually close the deal is another thing. Yeah, I understand. There's a, there's opportunities there. I remember back in uh, in 2007, I was up in uh, in Cambridge, mm-hmm. and I was at uh, MOT Innovation, Innovation Lab, mm-hmm. and they were showing off 3D printers because mm-hmm. that's the big thing now, right? Yeah. But they were doing it back in like 2007, 2008. Mm-hmm. So I always thought one decent idea for interventions, not you know not not an entire makeover, but mm-hmm. you know, one section. You bring in universities to say. Here's sort of the crazy stuff that we're working on. Like, mm-hmm. like I, MIT back in the day was working on interactive wallpaper. Mm-hmm. You know, that could sense things and change, mm-hmm. you know, change your environment and things like that. Sensors built in. They hadn't really figured out the idea, but you know, stuff like that. Where here's a crazy idea that's you know that's a blend of technology that, that impacts your personal life. We're not sure where it's actually going to go yet, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe you guys have some ideas. What do you think? Well, they, that'd be a great idea. I think. Well, what was kind of ironic is for a number of years, Disney Imagineering actually had a field office in Boston, where you know the whole notion. Yeah, uh, Disney Research is uh, yeah. they're in Pittsburgh yeah. now. Yeah, and and but that was the they're, they're actually at Carnegie Mellon. Yeah, well, yeah. that that makes sense. It, it, but the whole notion, let's be where the ideas are. Yeah. and you know, just keep you know keep our ear to the ground, and you know, if something like that, I mean. You know the the interactive wallpaper. It's like 
may not be practical in, in the real world, but oh, that'd be fun in an attraction. It'd be fun in an attraction. None of that, but it would get people thinking, like, well, what would you do with this? Yeah. Right? Again, so the 3D printing, mm-hmm. you can kind of, you can do a couple of demonstrations and figure out, okay, mm-hmm. this, this could be useful in, mm-hmm. you know, A, B, and C. Mm-hmm. If I need a spare part for my vacuum cleaner, mm-hmm. you know, and it takes three weeks to get there, or they don't make the part anymore, I can always mm-hmm. print one off if I have the schematics, right? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. So anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a decent idea. Uh, Disney, if you're listening, uh, feel free to use that idea. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, well, Jim, uh, so we'll, uh, we'll move on now to Test Track. Do you want to do a separate show on that? or do you... Let's do a separate show on Test Track. Okay. All right, folks, we'll end this one here. For, for, uh, for Jim Hill, this is Len Tessa. Thanks very much for listening to the Unofficial Guide Disney Dish Podcast with Jim Hill. Please leave us feedback on iTunes. Let us know what you'd like to hear in upcoming episodes and how we're doing on these. For Jim, this is Len. We will see you on the next show. <laughs>